Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights, brought to you by Training Pros. When you have more projects than people, Training Pros can provide you with the right L&D consultant to start your project with confidence. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Learning Insights, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get too far into things, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Training Pros. Without them, we could not be sharing these stories. Today on Learning Insights, we have Ingrid Curtis with Rural Sourcing. Welcome, Ingrid. Thank you. Great to be here, Lee. Well, I'm excited uh, to have you back. Uh, tell us about rural sourcing. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so we are a software development outsourcing group. Uh, and we have always believed that there are high-end technologists living throughout the country, uh, not necessarily sitting in San Francisco or Boston or New York. And so uh, our model is to deliver <clears throat> great software for Fortune 100, 1,000 customers um, throughout the country in our six development centers. And so we're located in places like Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Oklahoma City, Fort Wayne, Indiana, places where there's great talent, but a high quality of life. Now, uh, the genesis of the idea, um, if I recall correctly, was that uh, the premise was that people, there was a draw to go back to maybe their hometown. And that if given that option, there would be kind of a uh, kind of a large number or maybe a surprisingly large number of people that would choose that rather than the big city where they were kind of being funneled into or forced to choose that. Has that, um, have you seen that to be true? I would imagine in today's world with all the people working from home, this is just kind of the natural outcome maybe that you predicted many years ago. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people have uh, come back from working in Dallas or working in other places uh, and wanted to be near family, wanted to raise their children in their hometown uh, or take care of aging parents. I mean, that's certainly uh, a portion of our story. And then uh, now you're in how many markets around the country? We're, we have six development centers around the country and then our headquarters are in Atlanta. And then the, in those centers, just so people know, you typically go into kind of the downtown and kind of re... Um, kind of re how, how would you call it yeah, yeah so we we uh we definitely are helping downtown areas reinvent uh their technology corridors looking at bringing jobs from the suburbs or other locations business parks back into that downtown core uh it really helps cities thrive um, and it creates a buzz that that is uh that's great for these mid-sized cities now, um, from when the company started to where it is now or how have you been able to kind of keep that culture uh, alive and uh, how kind of intentional has that been and how has that contributed to your growth? It's been extremely intentional. Uh, from the beginning, we have taken a colleague first approach. So we believe that if we invest time and effort and think about our colleagues uh, every day, all day, uh, they'll do great work for our clients, right? And so we've uh, built the organization so that it serves the colleagues that are, that are delivering uh, the work that we do. And then um, when you've done that and you've replicated in these uh, markets throughout the United States, does each market kind of have its own flavor or is there kind of a rural sourcing kind of uh, way things are done? It doesn't matter if, if I went into one market or another, I would have the same kind of vibe. You know, the uh, I, I sometimes lovingly refer to it as we, we have a family of core values, just like any family. Um, but each of our development centers has is like, well, you know, one of our children, it has its own personality, it's got its own strengths. Uh, and so, you know, you'll find 
uh, a very creative group in, in Albuquerque that, that loves uh, to get together and DIY and do other things um, where Oklahoma has a music bend to it. Mobile has a food bend to it. So it, it is uh, very much, you'll, you'll get the same vibe of collaborative software development, but you'll also feel a little bit of that local culture too. Now, um, how has it been kind of recruiting your, I believe you call them the colleagues that are in each of those markets, uh, the people that are doing the work? How um, are you pulling from that locale or are people moving to there to go back to where maybe they once were from? Yeah, so we're hiring at all levels, right? So we're, we're looking for technologists with 20 engineers that have 20 and 30 years of experience and all the way down to, to folks uh, joining our internship program out of college. And so uh, our more junior folks, we're definitely pulling from the local university systems, um, but we are recruiting nationwide. So we're looking for individuals that once lived in Albuquerque that want to get out of Denver, that are looking for an opportunity to, to get back uh, to where they grew up. And so our recruiting team is really looking nationally. Um, and we relocate, uh, you know, in Albuquerque, for example, about 20% of that team was relocated back home. And then, uh, so when you're approaching someone from another market, like, are they like super excited? Like, oh my God, this is a fantastic opportunity. I wouldn't have even thought this was possible when, you know, maybe they were kind of growing up there. Yeah, we have a, a great story of a, a gentleman in, in our mobile office. Uh, he was actually working for Google. Uh, and he was responsible for, you know, every time someone tries to hack your, your, your Gmail account or get into your Google, uh, your Google account, uh, he was on the team that was protecting those systems. And, and he's from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, and so, you know, he, uh, I think it was his grandmother that let him know that there was a technology company hiring in town. Uh, and he came back and he'll tell you the, the only thing that makes him, that, uh, that saddens him is that he hadn't known we'd been there for four years. Right. This is something that especially are you just getting bombarded with people uh, wanting to get involved and come back home uh, like in, t in today's climate? Because family is so important and everybody is kind of needs that connection. Yeah, we're definitely seeing a broader group of folks, right, that are uh, have been used to living in places uh, where they felt like they, you know, kind of had to run the rat race and and live in uh, San Francisco, but are starting to now look back on, on opportunities back home. Now, how do you kind of um, handle the kind of the diversity and inclusion uh, part of the culture? It, I know that you're kind of recruiting in those local markets um, from the candidates that are there around the, the young folks, but how do you kind of create that maybe the multi-generational mix that you're looking for? Yeah, so, um, I mean, there's definitely a, a layering of, of individuals across the, um, the different levels of experience. And so we are uh, really building teams of, most, of more senior folks, of more junior folks, and thinking about, you know, as we're growing individuals coming out of the universities or boot camps or other, uh, and how we can help them uh, get up to speed quickly by part pairing them with more senior folks. And then, um, so that's, again, this is all uh, intentional, right? So this is a program that you developed in order to uh, do that and to create those kind of smooth transitions? Yeah, and we're actually revamping it, right? Because now we're, we're looking at a fully remote solution. And so uh, we are completely overhauling the way in which we're onboarding our new colleagues and how we're thinking about, you know, normally you'd walk into an office and <laughs> be efforting from... Uh, you know, a couple hours with HR, a couple hours with your manager, and then you'd sit at your computer and get up to speed. Well, now someone isn't leaving their chair. 
Uh, and so we're really working to help in that aspect uh, with thinking about day one, week one, month one, and how we can uh, bring those folks up to speed and, and work with them, whether they're junior or senior. Now, how as an organization do you kind of measure the success of that? So there's a couple ways. I mean, I think one is we are taking the opportunity as early as possible to get uh, the most junior folks onto projects, right? So the best way to learn, the best way to grow is to be on those engagements and really learn from that. And that allows our, our more senior folks to, to weigh in, to help coach and guide, to fill the gaps. Um, and then as well, you know, I think we are, <clears throat> we're thinking about getting them out in front. So helping them to present on things they're learning uh, and teach others. Now, when you were, um, when you're kind of creating that environment of collaboration, have there been any kind of um, stories that you can share where uh, maybe people who had different backgrounds were able to work together and form kind of a better solution than maybe anyone really anticipated? Yeah, you know, I think um, I, re I remember, I recall a, a story in, in, uh, in Augusta where we had an individual join us and, and he came from uh, you know, internal IT was used to having an office and wasn't really on understanding of the full leverage team that we try and build. And, you know, it was a, it was a couple months into a project and, and he came to me and said, you know, I, I get it now, right. I get that the, the more junior folks coming out of college are teaching me things, different things that I'm not aware of in technology. And I'm able to bring some of the architectural expertise and some of the, the um, ideas of how software development should work. But they're really pushing us to think about new ways for the user experience, about how we're really engaging with our clients. And so I think it, it really does bring that, that, diverse, uh, that diverse experience and that diverse team. Now, I think one of the, the great ways that rural sourcing is serving uh, kind of humanity as a whole is when you go into one of these markets and you revitalize or help revitalize the downtown area, the impact that has on not only your organization and your team and your colleagues, but just kind of the businesses around that, that kind of are there to support that. Are you seeing kind of uh, the community and maybe the government really appreciate uh, that kind of effort to really jumpstart maybe an area that had been neglected? Yeah. And it is very much what we look for, right? We're looking for local uh, government, local leadership, other business leaders to really be excited about that potential transformation. Uh, and so when we're identifying our next development center, we are meeting with those individuals, those folks at the community college level, the folks at uh, the government level. And you can you can tell the difference when a city truly wants to, uh, is truly open to bringing in outside companies who can help elevate. And, and so I think we have found great partnerships across all of our locations that are uh, intrigued in our ideas. We're, we're sitting on advisory boards for the universities to help them understand where the curriculum should be headed. Uh, we're working closely with um, local nonprofits and others to start educating uh, kids at a younger age about the STEM and STEAM opportunities that are ahead of them. And, and so I think it's, it's a great partnership. Now, um, as you move forward and enter into um, kind of this new world with almost everybody or not almost or maybe in your industry, almost everybody is remote uh, to a certain degree. Is that kind of the, a net benefit where people can live anywhere now? So they don't have to live in the big city anymore, but then they don't necessarily have to move to uh, one of the six places you are, or one of the markets you're in. It, now they can live anywhere. Are you kind of 
leaning into this people can be anywhere or do you still want people at least some of the time to enter into the office and, and kind of meet face to face? Yeah, we're, we're certainly looking at both options. I think we've widened our, our scope of recruiting, which has been really wonderful. So in, in Oklahoma, normally we would look about 50 miles, right? A, a, a commutable distance. And so now we're able to really go farther afield of an hour and a half, uh, an hour and 45, where we want that individual to be able to come and, and meet their colleagues and, you know, come in a couple times a month and spend time with their team. But we're okay with the fact that, you know, they have a family farm or they have a a family business or something that they would like to be, you know, in a more remote area uh, and doing the great work that we do. So there's, there's definitely options um, that we're looking at. We're also, you know, we've, we've just hired a cloud architect in Atlanta. Uh, so we are taking our opportunity to, to bring on extremely senior experts in the space with, with 20 and 30 years of subject matter expertise that can add a ton of value to our, to our folks in our, in our development centers. So we are definitely working through a bit of a hybrid. Now, what do you need more of moving forward? Are you, um, I'm sure you're always looking for talent. Uh, what What do you need more of? How can we help you? Uh, we're definitely seeing, uh, you know, a lot of our clients are really looking to revamp and, and uh, work through the digital engineering process of, of uh, thinking about their user experience. And so web front ends and, and uh, definitely experts in that space are, are uh, hugely important to us as we help our clients move into the next phase of their digital transformation. I think the um, the practice areas like cloud and others are always going to be a, a mainstay in what we do. Um, but I, you know, we're also, we, we want to make that impact in these communities. So uh, I think it's uh, continuing to, to challenge everyone to think about how we can help in a STEM, um, in STEM environment and, and get more folks into technology is the biggest thing. Now, any advice for the listeners out there that are going to kind of lean into this remote workforce and maybe create a hybrid, uh, some remote, some um, kind of in-person, what would you recommend they do? What are some kind of do's and don'ts when it comes to creating that kind of a working environment? I think we, I think we can't forget the colleague experience. So putting ourselves in the, in the shoes of a colleague every minute of the day, right? Thinking about the fact that Yes, while they're able to, to provide more velocity, I'm actually concerned that if we're if we're producing more, we're spending less time collaborating or less time just socializing, right? And that aspect of being in office um, is an important part of us as human beings. Uh, and so I think you know we're taking some steps to create micro communities where our new colleagues are joining experienced colleagues, and there's a group of six or eight of them, and they had they have a small group that meets. It has a Slack channel that has uh, some intentional programs where they come together and get to know each other so that we don't lose that sense of community. Because if we're just all working remote, uh, we can, you know, one, one of my uh, one of my guys says, if they can get, change jobs without leaving their chair, what are we providing? How are we providing value? And so we're really thinking about that. And I, I think it's important for everyone to, to realize that more productivity isn't, isn't necessarily a good thing if we're not thinking about the long-term impacts on our colleagues. And also that connection, uh, it's easy, like like that person said, that to forget, like, does it matter who I'm working with or working for? If I'm just heads down doing this kind of work, you're, you're kind of lose those serendipitous moments, those accidental collisions where you run into people and you connect and you ask about their family and kids and all this stuff that just happens when you're, kind of physically working together. So if you don't kind of bring that, 
those levels of connection kind of organically into the mix, people can feel isolated and kind of lose sight of the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So now for you, what's been the most rewarding part of this journey? I mean, you've been there for a minute or so, so you've seen the growth. Uh, you know, I think um, it, it's definitely the stories, right? It's it's colleagues that were uh, working in another location or, or have become um, a part of RSI and have been able to really fulfill an aspect of their career that they didn't know was out there, right? Uh, teaching more junior folks in a, in a collaborative way. Our more junior folks are able to come up to speed uh, more quickly on cutting edge client projects. I, I think for me, uh, that's a big part of it. And, and, you know, as we look forward, I think two of the things that really I'm, I'm challenging us to, to be thinking about is how are we continuing to grow the, the, uh, the technology world, bring more uh, kids into the mix so that there's, they're hitting that middle and high school, they're interested in becoming a computer programmer, right? Um, I think it's also important that we're doing that in underserved communities for more girls uh, to get a more diverse view. Um, you know, one of the things you'll find is that as we build software, we build software that we like, right? And so making sure that the actual software developers that are programming come from all kinds of backgrounds uh, and experiences is really important for our clients to create a diverse solution. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, I mean, I think that is going to be really an important component moving forward as as technology gets more and more kind of just weaved into the kind of life as a whole as it is even now and, it, and it's growing so rapidly. You have to have other people represented because you're just not, you're not getting a true picture of what the real needs are of the customer if you're ignoring, you know, half the customer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it exactly. just doesn't make any sense. Um, and so you have to make an effort to kind of solve that challenge. But I'm with you 100% on there. And anything we can do to help support that mission, we're behind. Um, so now, uh, if somebody wanted to learn more, whether you're uh, a company that needs some IT uh, outsourcing solutions, or you're an individual that's looking uh, maybe to come back home and, uh, and uh, find opportunities that maybe you didn't even know existed in your back in your hometown, what is the website? www.ruralsourcing.com. Uh, and we can, uh, we can, would love to engage in both levels. Uh, we certainly have uh, over a hundred jobs posted on our, our website that we're hiring for right now. Uh, and so take a look there and, and certainly from a client perspective, uh, get on there, take a look at what we do and, and reach out. Well, Ingrid, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thanks, Lee. Very much appreciated. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Learning Insights. And remember, this work could not be done without the support of our good friends at Training Pros. Please support them so we can continue to share these important stories. Thank you for listening. For more information about Training Pros, visit their website at training-pros.com. Oh,